0: Um, I don't know, you have to be mindful and you have to take risks though. And that's what, and I think you're more of a risk taker than Milton. Uh, and he's becoming more of a risk taker than I had anticipated <laughs> that he would be. But um, without you know, risk, there could be no reward. Well, that's true, and that it's absolutely true. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Let's Talk Real, and I wanted to introduce my mom, Dr. Sandra Yates. Without my mom and my dad, obviously there would be no Melvin Yates, there would be no Exit Flagship Realty or any other real estate related anything. So, welcome mom. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump right into it. How, when uh, Milton and I were, were younger, when did you first know that, um, that we were gonna be entrepreneurs?
0: Probably, um Somewhere during junior high school, um, I like to think that you and Milton were always, well, you were six years apart, for one thing, but you kind of head-started this, and uh, you all began to engage in activities in the neighborhood, you know, selling and buying and trying to figure out how to make money, Uh, and that was always at the top of your to-do list, I suppose. And I guess that's where you are now, still trying to figure out how to make more money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Over, and help people. We you know oh, yeah. serve oh, the real estate, yeah. right. you know, we help a lot of families. Mm-hmm. So and tell and how did and we didn't get this, you know, obviously we didn't make this up on our own. You and Dad were No, when
0: we first got married in uh, nineteen seventy one, uh, before we married, we married in October, but the summer before we decided to buy a piece of property.
1: I didn't know that that happened before. I didn't didn't know that. So you don't know a lot of things.
0: We decided to buy a piece of property so that when we got married, we moved into, or just before we got married, we moved into our home uh, in Prince George's County. And that was the first investment that we made. And after we stayed there a few years, we decided that we needed to move on up. So we bought a piece of property. We sold the one we were in and bought a piece of property on the next street over. And at that point, we began to say, maybe we should keep, if we buy something else, perhaps we should keep the property that we already own, but of course that requires money and a certain kind of investment that we weren't sure whether we were ready for that. And then the uh, location, we were, we both lived in D.C. before we got married, but then when we moved to Maryland, we said we weren't going past a certain street. You know, we weren't going past. Too far. <laughs> right. right? He we wanted, wanted to live, in, wanted to stay in DC. He right? wanted to stay in you, wanted, you didn't want to be in right, DC. Right? I remember that. And, and this is the, the
1: 70s, time, mid, mid yeah, 70s? Yeah, 71 was when we got married. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then you came along in 73, and then Milton came along in 79. So it's, uh, and there were things that you and Melvin, uh, you and Milton did, you know, growing up, you know, mowing lawns. And uh, I remember clearly in one uh, instance, there was a man, that a, a family that you, you used to mow their lawn, and the, the man died. And you came home and you were very upset because he had passed and he,
1: you hadn't been paid. I don't remember, remember that story. We have to, oh, we'll have to edit this part out. I don't, no, no. <laughs> but yes, his, no. I,
0: and, and he went to the lady's house. you went to her house and you said, you know, I just you know Mister. And she explained that her husband had passed. And you didn't know, and you came home and told us that you wanted to know how to go back. What was and, the process? Yeah, you know, to get your money for that, uh, that service. service rendered. And, you know, our position was that in an instance like this, perhaps, you know, you would pass on that money, but you had that entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, you did a service and you should be paid for the service. And I think ultimately she did pay for that. But it was those little things that, you know, I remember over the years that you encountered and you would come back and at least you did ask us for our opinion on uh, matters of this type.
1: Did that mean I took always took the took the advice? <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> it didn't. You tried, though. You tried.
0: And I think in later years, uh, because you, was, you were different in age, different in age between you and Milton, it wasn't until later that Milton saw what we were doing. And we were actually trying to, not deliberately, but building, almost building an empire. Because we would buy a property and uh, and we had a good real estate agent, I, I have to give uh, Beverly Dr. Farrell. Yeah, she she um, would see a property, and she says, you know, I see a property on Hawthorne Street, and it's a good buy, and perhaps you should consider. Uh, in fact, in, in uh, Landover, we sold a property in order to buy another one because she thought it was a better investment. And in hindsight, I said, maybe we should have kept that one also. And that would have um, continued to help build the wealth. And I think when Melvin and you and Milton saw us do these things, I think you learned a lot from that. And I always say that uh, years ago, I, I learned about entrepreneurship. And because I taught business courses for so long, one of the courses I taught was Introduction to Business. And we always went through this session on entrepreneurship and what is an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur is a risk taker. Now I learned that from mm-hmm. you and Milton, that you, and particularly you, because in order to be an entrepreneur, you must be a risk taker. And uh, I wasn't, and my husband, your dad, was not as much of a risk taker as you were, and that troubled us a little bit. But we saw how successful you were being a risk taker, and I, I assume you still are.
1: Calculated, calculated risk. <laughs> you calculated <Right>. risk. <laughs> so and then so it's, you know you and dad. I'm going to jump back. How did you guys? How did you guys meet? Oh
0: boy, um, we were we worked in a dist- district government agency on uh, what is that street? South Dakota and what's that street that crosses South Dakota Avenue and um, near Rhode New York Island? Avenue. Oh. No, out that way, going far northeast. And um, there were government agencies that rented space in those buildings. And I was driving at the time, and he took the bus. And occasionally, anybody who's, who took, got off the bus had to walk up this steep hill. And I'd stopped every now and then to pick him up to see if he wanted to ride up the hill. Of course he did want to ride up so the hill. So dad
1: was hitchhiking?
0: He was hitchhiking, okay. yes. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how we met. And uh, somehow we started dating from that point. Uh, and it you know, ended up in a marriage for so many years, and, and two boys.
1: Well, that's a lesson, I guess, if, you, if you're better than uh, the, the dating app. You could just pick up hitchhikers <laughs> and maybe find your future spouse.
0: Yeah, that worked, that worked back then. And we, we laughed about that for years, you know, because that's, that's how we actually met. Because uh, he worked for a different government agency in the same space uh, up that hill. And um,
1: and so, you, so then we fast forward. So, you know, purchase an investment property prior to the wedding. Right, then, and it was
0: just, a, you know, we said we want to live in a house, and it was a small, semi-detached place, and it worked. And then we decided that maybe it was time for us to move into a larger space, and that's when we found a place for, uh, for sale about a block away from where we were currently living. But we sold
1: the house that we originally were in. And the, then used the money for that, put to down on the new right. house, mm-hmm. and then ultimately used the money from that to move right. into a little further south. Right. In in Prince George's County. And then
0: at some point, I don't remember the first year that we bought an investment property, but we realized that you needed some money to do that. And that, um, you know, once you get started and you had to learn about tenancy and what it means to have a tenant and how to work with tenants. And there were lots of lessons that we learned uh, by dealing with. We had good tenants, bad tenants. We still have good tenants and bad tenants. (laughs) Primarily more good tenants than bad tenants. But it's, there,
1: there are lessons to be learned from that, though. Yeah, and then also, yeah, patience, vicissitudes, vicissitudes overcoming right, vicissitudes.
0: And, I, you know, when I, when I would teach, um, especially in all my business classes, somehow I would bring into the picture some of the experiences that I had. And then, of course, if there was something I didn't know the answer to, I would tell my students that... Um, that was something that I missed because I was skipped from the first to the third grade. Right. <laughs> and so I must have missed that from not going to the second grade. <laughs> they taught that in the second grade? Yeah, they taught it in the second grade. So I went from the first grade to the third grade. And uh, I enjoyed that. All
1: right. And and how has you know real estate and investing, how has that... Um, well, b- well, before I before I get to that, so what was your ultimately? You were a government agent, and then you know worked for a government agency. You and Dad, you got married. Then you had a, a career as an educator. Right. Both of you, right, had edu- right. careers in, in education. Us. What was your career, and how did real estate kind of help supplement the income from real estate? Help. Supplement
0: well, we we realized we in working with a real estate agent, and we worked with the same agent all the time. And when she would see how you could do a special deal. She would call us and say, hey, I know you have another property here. You don't need to spend but X number of dollars, but you can get X number of dollars in rent. And that sounded good. And I said, okay, well, that will help pay tuition. And, you know, you all were in, uh, at that time, you were in Sheridan or one of the other private schools. And, of course, you know, we needed money for that. And so we had to make sure that we had the adequate funds. And uh, I I give a lot of credit to um, Beverly Farrell and and her uh, husband who worked with us and shared with us how you can make something happen. And at first, I was a little hesitant. But then, uh, you know, Melvin, your dad said, let's go for it. And once we did the That's first good. investment, That's, oh, my go goodness, it. It, just, <laughs> it went from one property to another. And, you know, people to another, got to, to ask another, us, to you, you're not buying another place, aren't you, are you? And I said, well, you know, we're going to try this. And so far, but you have to be, um, I don't know, you have to be mindful. And you have to take risks, though. And that's what, and I think you're more of a risk-taker than Milton. Uh, and he's becoming more of a risk-taker than I had anticipated <laughs> that he would be. But, um, Without you know, risk, there could be no reward. Well, that's true. and that it's absolutely true. And a lot of people still will not take that risk. Uh, and I mean, I learned also um, when two partners and I owned a daycare center in D.C. And that was really taking a risk. But we always, I would always tell my students in class that, just to show you that I was really not as much of a risk taker as other people were. She worked at Howard University, the other one worked in D.C. public schools, and I worked at UDC, which was federal city at the time. And neither one of us would quit our job. But a real risk taker, one of us should have quit our jobs.
1: Full-time but in, we in wanted No, center. we
0: wanted to. <laughs> we were afraid to do that. And I always would tell people that the reason we, we were just, we weren't risk takers then. And we had a successful child care center for probably eight or ten years, and then eventually... That
1: would have been in the eighties, Yeah. During that time. Right? and
0: then we ended up, um, you know, selling it and, um, you know, got out of that business. But it was it was good. It was good. I learned a lot. We all learned a lot in that business.
1: Yeah, you had a few. A few you guys had, what, two two locations, three locations? Right, we
0: ended up with, yeah, because what would happen is that you couldn't have it, depending upon the space, you couldn't have it with so many children in, uh, in your facility. So, you know, when the inspector came out and said, see, you have X number of kids, you're going to have to find another site. And just that alone was taking a risk because we could have said we we're going to stop at that point. But the need for child care was so great and still is great. So we ended up opening another site. And so we ended at one point, we had three sites, and that was challenging because someone... And three sets of staff. Yeah, and, you know, if a child... And a couple of them were close to one another, and so if somebody if you didn't pick your child up at six o'clock, by 6.30, and we couldn't reach the parent, we would bring one child up the street to the other facility, and that helped a lot. Uh, That didn't happen that often, but those are the things, those are what we call vicissitudes, and and even um, one of the greatest challenges for us was when we had to, um, a child, we couldn't contact the parent, and we had to take the child someplace. And I remember taking um, one of the kids to, South Capitol Street. Um, there was a McDonald's on the corner, but that was years ago, and they tore that McDonald's down. And I took the child there first to give her some supper, and then I had to take her to one of the childcare um, DC government places, where they would make sure that they, the child was put to, back to her parent. But again, those are things that uh, entrepreneurs have to learn how to do and have to accept, mm. and you know, taking a risk. I could have had an accident. I could just anything could have happened. But we were you know, we were just so careful in, in areas like that.
1: Yeah, and, and that was, so then the daycare, so you're out of the daycare and then fully just right. basically right. U- University of the District of Columbia in a career as a professor, right. administrator, right. Right. Mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah, you know.
0: and, and my students ask me, why don't you go into real estate? Why don't you do it? And I said, well, we're doing fine just buying property and renting it out, and just so you never it. got
1: a real estate license, you weren't. No, I didn't. You, you guys were only on the investment we side? We were just only on the and trusting in your realtor, realtor, right? At the time, and that yeah.
0: requires. I mean, you have to trust in your realtor, and you have to hope that they know what they're talking about. So that's you know that's why I try to make sure I know what you're talking right. about before before, <laughs> before I make, you, <laughs> make so a you so
1: before you get ba- so you don't get bamboozled, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so you you you. End up with these, you know. Over time, you don't end up with them, but you you guys are working hard, taking your um, paycheck, salary, putting right. down payments on mm-hmm. houses, right. using the rent proceeds to to, to then buy more property, right. and end up mm-hmm. with this, you know, a, 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 what amounted to a portfolio mm-hmm. of real estate. And and um and I will say I will say this that I didn't coming up, you know, as a teenager, I was so busy doing these other things oh, between awesome. the. The landscape business to the the vending businesses and just truck, different things. Truck moving. moving yeah, the, all, yeah, the moving and storage company that I at the time, you know, even before college, didn't didn't really stop to pay attention that while you know a lot of my friends were in the A building as we called it at Howard the A building where everyone stood in line and tried to get their uh, get their finances laid together that. I never didn't have to do that, you right. know. Had a sm- teeny little piece of wrestling scholarship, and the rest was was covered, right? You know, and and um, you know, in the, at the time, and then had to had to really sit back and reflect and say, you know what? Real estate, you know, you and you and Dad, but mm-hmm. you guys did it because of real estate. You were mm-hmm. able, real estate afforded you guys the ability to be able to pay my tuition yeah, absolutely but in a payment where a lot of my friends had loans still have loans mm-hmm. unless they got forgiven recently right <laughs> loans so yeah so I want to thank I mean I want to thank you that was uh, and that's when I you know I guess in college it was still I was in college and probably near the end mm-hmm. of college when I realized wow'm I'm, I'm very blessed in that yeah. sense to not have to worry about that as a burden right and then the, the wrestling
0: scholarships helped that both you and Milton Mm-hmm. you know, at Howard, and that, you know, that helped also. But, um, I mean, and we, you, you never know what your children, both of you majored in business. That's right. the other thing, and I think that uh, Howard probably did a great job in preparing you for the real world. Uh, and plus, you could use your dad and me as examples of what you can do if you're capable of, of maintaining um, a certain business style and um, managing your affairs well and um those are things that um you you and milton both probably learned from us and you remind me of that periodically (laughs) once in a
1: while so (laughs) and i and i want to ask what was the when i was 16 i remember um with the car you know i wanted to get my license right away uh, and you guys came came home and said you know melvin we we brought you a car Right, and I and I said, oh, it thank you. It was a you. little Ford truck. Yeah, and we said, we said, no, we didn't bought we didn't, we didn't bought you a car. <laughs> we brought you a car. And I was like, well, what, what does that mean? And you had a contract.
0: Oh yeah, well, and I have in my files now. I have copies of all the contracts that both you and Milton engaged in us with, uh, and even since your dad died, there've been some contracts. And when you paid it off, because the truck was, I forget how much it was.
1: It was seven thousand.
0: It was seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay. And uh, you paid a little bit, and I don't even know where you got the money from the pay, but you had to pay it off. I mean we allowed you to drive it and do whatever and we had to pay the insurance but uh, but you managed and therefore the next time around after that was paid off then something else came up and you needed a, a few dollars. A stipend. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were able to do that and we had to trust that you would take advantage you know take care of your expenses.
1: Well that was I mean and that would have been that would have been... 19... 89, right mm. around my birthday, and I remember, right, another summer, <laughs> right, and I remember that, um, you know, getting the truck, being excited for the truck, and we're like, well, what's this? And you said, the, you had the receipt, it was $7,000, I don't think you charged me the tax. Right. Um, and you guys took care of the tags and registration, but we left, We on that day, when you came home with the vehicle, mm. we went straight to the bank, and I, and I had to give up... Um, what three thousand? I think I put three so thousand dollars down, and mm-hmm. you financed it over twelve months. Right. So I paid like three thirty-three mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. for twelve Troubles. months. And and at the time I was like, well, I didn't really think about it. I was like, well, okay, well I guess that's how it work, it's supposed mm-hmm. to work. And I was, and my friends didn't have cars, mm-hmm. um, so right. I, I mean I, I thought I was like, yeah. And then my friends said, oh you got you got a car for your birthday. I'm like, no, I, I bought this I car. bought this car. Yeah, no, I, had to, I mm-hmm. mean I financed it mm-hmm. partially, but I, I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my birthday present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, yeah, I got so. the ability to to to, get, to earn credit. So that's when I yeah. first learned about, I mm-hmm. guess, about credit and um, and sometimes credit, you know, goes mm-hmm. up and down. You you have good credit and, and sometimes mm-hmm. I've. Been in situations where my credit was not good, right. and, and
0: I remember your being on Howard's campus with the little was it ice cream cart or some kind of cart. Yeah, we had that. And we had was, a hot dog cart. Hot dog cart. You mm-hmm. were selling things out there on the had. ground, and I'm trying to figure out how are you going to be in class and have this little cart going at the same time, but you somehow managed, you know, and you know getting up early in the morning and getting folks work who were working for you at one point. You know, you, you were real. Uh, yeah, wrestling
1: practice started at, at 6 a.m. Right. At Howard. So I had to get up, live, at that time, lived in one of the, I mean, another thing, being being able to live in one of the rental properties. Right. Now that and was. And pay less than market rent. Yeah. I, I tell people, I paid half the rent, half the time. Right. When uh, I, <laughs> right. Yeah, that so. was, that
0: was, that was challenging. But um, at the time we had two properties in Landover and we still do uh, and you stayed in one and Milton stayed in the other and you paid And then what was interesting though, the most interesting part of your living in uh, Virginia Avenue was to, you had a classmate who was a student at Howard who needed a place to stay. So you subleased right. the bedroom <laughs> to her. And what you did, I think you gave up your master bedroom. So that she would feel comfortable paying the rent that she had to the, pay, right? And then, you know, we had to ask, which her, was market, right? Yeah, but uh, what part of that do we get? <coughs> so as long as long as you get your rent that you charge, right? So I was, and then you sublease. And then I said, oh my goodness, that's the entrepreneurial spirit kicking in, uh, big time. But that was that was that was different. That was definitely different.
1: Yeah, that was. Those were. Le- those were. You definitely, um, you and Dad definitely taught Milton and I lessons about life and business Mm -hmm. and you know particularly with real estate and Mm -hmm. incorporating it in so I want to kind of fast forward to you know I'll say a topic you know recently it was announced Mm -hmm. you know a few months back that Charles County surpassed you know for decades Prince George's County Mm -hmm. has been the the most affluent county in the country for African Americans and a few months back uh, it was announced you know that that Charles County is now the new number one Prince Mm -hmm. George's is number two. And, uh, you know, we know that before people were moving further out, further out, further mm-hmm. out, and now folks are selling their houses in D.C. and even in Prince George's and just or selling them in D.C. and skipping over Prince George's to go to Charles County mm-hmm. to get more for their money. So the, um, the county executive announced, you know, they've seen huge gains in property tax income and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, income tax income going into the coffers of Charles County. How, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I, you know, I'd like to see it come back where uh, Prince George's County would have that rating. But it's understandable because over the years, people's lifestyles have changed. And many, many people, many friends, have moved further out. And, I was, and they, they still will work in D.C. And they didn't mind moving out to get what they thought was better property at a lower rate because the rates for property in D.C seemed to have been high, and they felt like they could move on out. And I think once they started seeing places beyond Prince George's County, and uh, after a while, you get used to it. I mean, when we didn't ever wanna move past St. Barnabas Road, and you know, we ended up where we are now, because we were on, uh, what was that other street? I forget. But we, you know, we had several places. Oxen Run Drive. Oxenrun Drive, and mm-hmm. so uh, you learn. You learn and talk to other people, and you talk to real estate people who will say, well, you know, Charles County has some good quality houses. And, you know, some people haven't heard of Charles County. Where is that? But uh, we now know the advantage that it has been for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for them, but yeah, eventually.
1: And eventually, <laughs> well, it might come back. And COVID kind of sped that up because people realized that, you know, a lot of people were able to telework and they didn't yes. have to go into yes. work. So if they did work in D.C., they didn't have to live in D.C. Right. And I well, you know, I can live wherever if I'm only mm-hmm. coming into work one day a week mm-hmm. or two days a week. Absolutely. So I think Absolutely. that had, had something to do with it. So, what's a, tell, share, a, uh, what's the, um, I guess, the most interesting, you know, real estate story? It could be a, t- a tenant story, could be a, um, well, if it's a tenant story, I think, I do know, 46th place, but, yeah. what, but a, uh, or, or buying a property or selling a property. What's, I know you haven't really haven't sold many properties, no. but what would be an, an interesting story that, that kind of comes to mind, one that sticks out? Um,
0: you know, there are lots of, of tenant stories. Uh, you know, there's some positive ones where um, you learn how to work closely with uh, your tenants. I've, I've learned a lot since the pandemic. When you have tenants who always pay their rent, and then when the pandemic came along, they got behind. And what I would do, and some people probably would think that's crazy, uh, there was a tenant who lives in Capitol Heights, and she called and said, "I've, you know, I, they've let me go, I don't have any income right now, but if you would work with me. So I said, well, pay what you can. And that, for about six months, she paid what she could, maybe half of the rent or some of the rent, and I didn't charge her any late fees. Um, and I, I use her as an example because when she did go back to work, she called me and she said, Ms. Yates, I have my job back. I'm building up my savings and doing what I need to do. And now she pays her rent two or three days before the time that it's due. And that's one of those good, good person stories. And I have several tenants like that. And then, of course, on the reverse
1: side, you have no those other who stories, are trying to <laughs>
0: tell the story. But I, I think that... Um,
1: and, mo- and you're right. Most people would not... Uh, and that's one thing I'll say, you know, you and, and Dan have always been, um, have always shared, show, expressed the importance of being compassionate. And right, I think right. bringing that back to the very first mm-hmm. story with the and, landscape business and right. me trying to, and you were saying, listen, you, you should consider letting it go.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to, you know, you have to let things go. Um, you, you, you've, you know, we learned the hard way many times, but over a period of time, it's been to our advantage because there are ways in which you, you, know. so you have to write it off on your taxes if that's what you have to do. But we have, um, and of course I think that, um, I always use my Leapling piece in there as a, as a Leapling and not being that old, um, mm-hmm. won't be 20 until 2024. 20, that's right. You know, right. there's so many lessons that I had to learn as a Leapling. Uh, but I think that what's um, a leapling for them, a leapling for <laughs> right, <something laughs> someone who was born on February 29th and uh, I think all the grandchildren understand that now it takes took them a while to know what that means so I don't get a birthday and you had to show them the calendar and I, you had to do, I had to do mm-hmm. the same thing with you all that in February there is no 29 on certain certain years and folks didn't understand that and still people don't I mean, I can tell somebody, you know, they're always asking for your birthday and you tell them what it is and they'll say, oh, you're one of those, whatever that means. Yeah. But I, I, I use that quite often. But I think that um, um, if you are, you know, your, your focus is on talking real, um, there's so many lessons that I think entre- um, realtors need to know and learn and, and from, and you learn it from real life experiences. And I think over the years, you and, and Milton have learned, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, um, you know, you've had lots of vicissitudes. And uh, you've, you've had to... you
1: call m- me ugly? <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: you, you know, you had to learn how to overcome the challenges. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, being a, a business person has many, many challenges. You know, I, I talk to you in Milton all the time about what I'm accustomed to doing. I, I like a certain amount of money in my, in my bank account. Um, you know, I, I worked hard. I worked for 46 years at, at UDC. It was Federal City and then uh, eventually Uni- University of the District of Columbia. Um, and I learned a lot working there. And then having, working there and having a side business, the daycare center for a while, and then the daycare center ended up being into rental properties. And uh, that has been uh, you know, advantageous to our whole family. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that um, your dad's uh, mother and father, uh, and this is another example of someone being a risk taker. Uh, when his mom died, his dad, his stepdad lived there in the house in Martin Luther King Avenue. Um, and then he died, and the house belonged to your dad and his siblings. So um, one of his siblings said, well, let's buy the house and pay it off. And so Melvin said, let's do that. And eventually, none of the siblings wanted to be involved. And so Melvin came home and said, what do you think? You think I should buy And in order to buy that house, we mm-hmm. had to go to the bank yeah. and borrow money and said, because we needed to pay them. So we got the value of the house and divided it, I guess at that time, maybe four ways, and um, give them their amount. And then we had to have money to renovate the space. The house. And, um, and so we've kept that house. And then one of um, your dad's aunts uh, and uncles uh, left a house for them in DC. And uh, again, we had to go to the bank and say, okay, we need money in order to fix up this house. And it was his aunt died first and then his uncle died. And after they passed, the house immediately came to us. And some people would say, well, you need to just sell the house. But we didn't want to do that. We just felt like, no, let's just take that risk. So your dad was actually an entrepreneur as well. He was probably more of an entrepreneur. More than risk-taking <laughs> And the same thing happened um, when my mom died in North Carolina, the house that she grew up in, we grew up in, um, that when she died, the house was left to three of us because we were the ones who were taking care of her in her later years. Uh, although I still had living sisters uh, and a brother who um, helped out occasionally, but she made it possible for the house to be put in our three names. And she was able to take her name off the deed. And you did the same thing. And so I did them. And so I bought, bought the self, other self two self. out. And, uh, and we, you know, we had a record, we'd seen how that works and it worked well. And so we still have that house. Um, but that's, again, I never knew that I was... Uh, some days I'd be an entrepreneur, and other days I wouldn't be an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of that, I want you to kind of speak to risk, but I want to have a quote, you know, kind of the quote of the day from Mark Zuckerberg. The biggest risk is not taking any risk. In a world that is changing really quickly, the only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking any risk.
0: Right.
1: So Mark Zuckerberg, so how, how do you... I mean, you well, mentioned risk earlier, but...
0: Yeah, and that that's the truth. It takes... It takes a lot of um, thinking to decide on that risk because you know risk taking, you know, it, it's it's a lot to it. It's more it's it's um, not as easy as you would think it would be. Uh, but I've learned over the years that in order for you to be successful in many instances is to take the risk, um, and in doing that, you realize that um, things will be all right. But it's only after you, and they are chal- they're still with taking a risk. There are challenges mm-hmm. throughout, and uh, I've learned so many things from taking risks. And I said, now if I had not taken that risk, certain things would not have happened. And so, I mean, that's that's a nice, nice quote from yeah. him.
1: And almost like uh, in baseball, you you you'll get, z- you will hit zero. You you won't hit any balls if you don't mm-hmm. take a swing. Right. You got to try. And with risk comes challenges, like oh, you absolutely. said. I mean, I've, I've had many and, and sometimes you fall flat on your face, but you, you, you get back up mm-hmm. and you, you, you brush yourself off. Is how quickly mm-hmm. you can brush yourself off and, right. and, and get back going. I think that's what defines it.
0: And a lot of people, if you, if you share some, if I share some experiences that I've had with rental properties with other people, they say, see, that's why I don't want to own anything. I mean, right now, um, there, there's one vacant property, but for a month, there were two vacant properties. And so that's income that's not covered, um, you know. So I'm looking forward to that income to put in the bank. Right, to, just not coming to, <laughs> back. Right. Yeah. And so, but once you take care of those things, I mean, those are what we call those vicissitudes, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can't avoid it unless you just say, well. And every now and then I wake up and say, you know, I should just sell everything and go over to MGM and <laughs>
1: right. and then and, and, and see give if you it can to, flip it, give it to uh, <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. MGM. MGM,
0: right, right, right
1: all right well you 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 shared a lot like i said we are um milton and i are, are super grateful and, and our family is very blessed and you and dad really and i guess and it started with you know grandma and, yeah, and
0: yeah
1: on your side and, and grandma mm-hmm. and papa on dad's side with real estate and owning and and what that really meant to actually own your own yeah. and have something to yeah. to, to pass you mm-hmm. know legacy is is big as you know we're always talking and and um and we started doing our kind of our family financial meetings to right, right. to really do the planning to make sure that uh, the grandchildren's grandchildren
0: mm-hmm.
1: are are gonna have something that at some point in the future. Hopefully, they would say, you know what? Wow, all of this is because mm-hmm. of great, 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 yeah. great, great, yeah. great, great, great. And you know, often. you
0: all learned that there was something called a Bank of Yates, and that you've tried to. You know, you think with come, dro- get loans, <laughs> get sometimes loans, approved, so, sometimes denied. Right, sometimes denied, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to make that decision uh, and figure it out. And, and it will be interesting to see when your kids will say, well, I'm going to dad or mom or somebody, and go to the Bank of Yates <laughs> and, and see, see if I can get a small loan. But, I mean, you, you have to, there are lessons to be learned from that, though. There are lessons to be learned. And there are things that you can teach your children and, you know, also your grandchildren and tell them these stories, you know, yeah. about what...
1: And it's more, and the and the the legacy is, it, you know, as I've learned and, and studied recently, is more than just the money piece. Oh yeah. Just because the, if you just leave the money, it gets divvied up and then mm-hmm. sometimes squandered. Right. But so it's also the mindset and mm-hmm. and the education mm-hmm. of like what you did with the contract. Right. When I was sixteen. You know, Melvin didn't. I don't think he had a contract, and he he just wanted, <laughs> you know. Half and half. Right. It'd pay half. Some else pay half, mm-hmm. and then it's paid for. Right. You know, barely could get the um, uh, the get them to pay the insurance and the mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the title and t- t- transfer. But but starting to work on that and showing, listen, this you know is it doesn't grow on trees. You do have to earn it, and and mm-hmm. so there's still work to be done.
0: Right. And, and that's what I'm hoping, you know, and your dad would be proud that you and Milton are doing that, are taking some of that thing, some of the things that he taught you how to move forward and you can apply those same things to your own kids and it works out you know their challenges still you know how much you owe me yet yeah. well i
1: know <laughs> me, i need i need a, a real cal- a financial calculator right, to that right. Out. Mm-hmm. all right well i want to thank you for sure. for being my very first guest okay. on uh, let's talk real so want to thank right. you i love you mom love you too all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Big it up, big it up!